0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a brand new DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you're all doing well and thank you as always for being here. It's great to have you along for a bit of F1 chat and discussion. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the brand new McLaren, the MCL 38, which broke cover for technically the second time this season already. If you cast your minds back to the 19th of January, I think we put out an episode talking about McLaren surprising everybody with its brand new livery. And of course, at the time, We thought it looked great, we thought it was a nice integration of the papaya and some of the carbon as well that we have seen on a lot of these cars and we've seen quite a lot of cars since then and it's kind of altered I suppose some people's perspectives on this but we'll get into that momentarily. But this is of course episode 8 of the F1 2024 car launch Mini Series that we have been doing during the winter break, where, of course, we have been discussing each and every one of the new cars and dedicating a specific episode to every single one of them. And today is McLaren's turn. Of course, we will be talking about Mercedes in the next episode, as they also revealed their car, the W15, today as well. But focusing on McLaren, just a quick recap on the car. We saw some updated pictures of the brand new McLaren, the new livery, As I said at the time, I thought it looked great. I do think that it looks less impressive than it did back then, purely and simply because we've seen some of the other cars break cover. And I think there's a few in particular that probably look a bit better than the new McLaren. But it's still a very good looking F1 car. I like the the use of papaya. There probably could be a bit more papaya on this car. But I like the combination that's going on here. It's very much modern day McLaren. And I think this is their identity. They're running with it. And, you know, it looks pretty good. So always a good start there. Moving on to the detail of the car and looking through and doing my normal research and and based on the feedback that some other experts in the field, well, actually some experts, I'm certainly not an expert, but some experts in the field have had to say on this car, a lot of what we've seen on the renders and the pictures are quite similar to what we saw in the 2023 car. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that McLaren are withholding a lot of their secrets in terms of the technical details on this car. That could also suggest that they were quite happy with a lot of stuff they did in 2023 in terms of the aero platform that they'd built for themselves, particularly after the huge raft of upgrades that they introduced throughout the 2023 season. So a lot of this will look quite similar And of course, there will be some refinements to improve on a few things slightly. But it looks like the direction McLaren have focused primarily on is the suspension geometry and really revamping that because that is a huge part of what Adrian Newey, the Red Bull chief designer, has earmarked throughout this regulation set that would be quite significant in terms of generating the most performance and consistency with these cars and I don't think many people are going to argue with agent on this one but we'll start off with the front wing and as I said already the front wing and the nose assembly they look almost identical to what we saw on last year's car for all we know it could actually be the same component just painted a little bit differently so you know I think the thing with the front wing is that it is quite a critical part on the car and I think a lot of people that, you know, know that what they're talking about in terms of Formula One cars will be able to tell you that, you know, if the front wing is not a good one and it doesn't complement what goes on behind it, it really affects the aero efficiency and the aero platform that you have on the rest of the car. So I'm not suggesting here that McLaren haven't got an updated front wing. For all we know, it's a part that I'm sure a lot of teams are withholding details of and I think we'll see the real thing in all its glory and tested in the first few races. So I'm not going to cast judgment on what McLaren have done with the front wing in particular. I expect them to bring perhaps something updated in testing in the first few races anyway, if they have made a significant update. Um, moving on, the, the front brake ducts that we could see on the pictures, they have a bit of a different inlet profile that I noticed compared to last year. Now, obviously that's going to be related to the cooling and the efficiency of being able to keep the brakes in a suitable working temperature. And for those of you that will remember this, a few years ago, I think 2022 in Bahrain, McLaren had some really big problems in terms of keeping the brakes at a suitable temperature. They were overheating quite uh, quite drastically, and that was causing them a lot of problems. I think Lando didn't even, I can't remember if he even finished that race or something like that, because of those issues, so... Obviously, that's going to change from race to race. It's never the same at two races because, of course, if you have wider inlets or larger inlets at some circuits where you don't need to, it's just going to create more drag and cost you performance, particularly in a straight line. So, again, it's not necessarily a revolutionary part that they've introduced on this car, but it's something that was definitely different to what we saw last season. Now... Moving on to where I think the huge focus of McLaren's off-season development has gone into, and that is the suspension geometry, both at the front and at the rear of the car. Now, it won't surprise many of you to hear that McLaren have gone for the pull rod at the front and push rod at the rear suspension combination that we've seen from almost everybody, with the notable exception of Ferrari, at least consciously choosing to go down that route. Haas obviously had no choice. And I'd imagine if it was up to them, they probably would go with the pull rod at the front and push rod at the rear as well, in the same way that Sauber have done, or at least in this case, uh, um, state kick, whatever it's going to be called, because they built a different gearbox casing to accommodate that push rod suspension at the rear, whereas Ferrari obviously have gone the other way in this regard. So no surprises there, but there's a lot that's been done on the front suspension geometry. Now, looking at the images compared to last year's car, There isn't a huge difference and I think partly that is because McLaren have deliberately tried to withhold this as best as they can. In terms of the details on the pictures, there is a lot of area underneath the car that you would normally be able to see on these pictures. It looks like McLaren have kind of edited this out a little bit and I think that's just to withhold certain details or secrets that they obviously don't want their rivals to see. Uh, especially before testing and especially before the first few races so it will be interesting to see what developments have gone on that we haven't quite seen yet on the images but what we have seen is uh one thing I did notice was that one of the wishbones on the rear leg at the top which was pointing upwards towards the um uh, what would you call it the uh put the inner section if you like um or the, it, yeah, the higher part of the nose last season, that's now pointed the other way and is now at a much lower angle where it connects to that lower part of the nose input. Um, that's quite important because obviously that's more about creating that anti-dive and improving that aero control. And this is quite important for McLaren because I think one of the issues that they had last year was a lack of stability under braking and control of the aero platform that it has. I think we can all agree from the British Grand Prix onwards McLaren had a very good aerodynamic platform I think only probably Red Bull had a better one than McLaren did at the time but obviously what McLaren lacked was that control within its suspension especially under braking which is obviously what made it quite a difficult car to handle and really get on top of in the slower speed corners. This looks like that the geometry has been shifted at the front and the rear, of course, which we'll talk about in a moment, to really try and improve that and allow McLaren to get the absolute most out of its aero platform. And this is something that I've seen on quite a few of the cars, not necessarily in the same way, but we talk about the Ferrari that uh, was unveiled yesterday, the Mercedes, which was unveiled today, which of course I'll be talking about in the next episode. A lot of emphasis has gone on, trying to improve the control over the aero platform that it currently has. Because one thing all those teams probably agree with in terms of how they assess their own cars is that they had a pretty good aerodynamic platform on their cars that could produce a lot of downforce and a lot of performance. But it was so difficult for them to really extract that performance on the track. It was so hard for them to be consistent. This is where Red Bull have really got everybody stumped at the moment is that not only does that car have a great platform in terms of the aero part, obviously better than everybody else, that's why they are where they are, but also the fact that they can control it so much better, which is why it's such a demon in the race compared to qualifying, and some of the other cars are much closer to Red Bull over one lap, but when you stretch it over a race distance, that's where Red Bull has their rivals beat. So McLaren have made a huge effort here, to try and improve that control of their aero platform. And it looks like they've tried to do that through the suspension geometry at the front and the rear. Hopefully, for their sake, it certainly works out. But we'll move on now to the side pod inlets. Now, this is quite interesting because I expected McLaren to follow suit with what Red Bull did with the RB19. Of course, they did that at the British Grand Prix with their upgrades, where they had the underbite or undercut inlets that they had underneath the side pods. And it looks like this year they've kind of moved away from that, where all the other rivals have gone in that direction to their own varying degrees. It looks like McLaren have gone away from that. And it looks like the undercut inlet that they had is now uh, more of a forward-facing inlet. And uh, obviously, if you've seen the pictures, you'll know what I'm talking about here. But it looks like that inlet has been, as I said, more forward-facing. It's actually been moved rearward as well behind the central line of the halo. So if you imagine where the halo position is and you draw a green line down to the centre point of it to where that, in, uh, that undercut inlet used to be, it's now been moved back a little bit. And that's quite interesting. I suppose from what I've read and from what I've heard, it looks like that particular part could affect the airflow that the undercut has on the floor edge where it feeds the air down at high speed um, or that spillage that you, keep ta- that you keep hearing about, the radiator spillage. Um, So, that'll be quite interesting to see how that works out for McLaren, where the airflow now interacts with the floor edges on the car. And speaking of the floor edges as well, again, not too much difference on this. You might be forgiven for thinking that McLaren have pretty much pulled out a 2023 car with an updated suspension here. And it does look like that in certain regards, except for the side pods and, of course, what we saw on the suspension geometry. But there isn't too much difference on the floor edges. I imagine, again, like almost everybody else this is going to be a part that will be different at testing and in terms of the floor edges themselves we do see them change from race to race by a lot of these teams so it's not like you know they'll bring something that's absolutely brilliant and then that's it for the six months or the season they'll often bring a revised floor edges for almost every single race depending on what their needs are what characteristics of the circuit so I wouldn't really worry about that too much. I'm pretty certain a lot of the work that McLaren would have done on the floor would be underneath where the Venturi tunnels obviously have a huge effect on the overall performance of the car. Moving on to the rear suspension, it's quite similar to last year's one. As I said, not too much changed on the front except for the position of that wishbone. And we can see the same on the rear of this car as well. That The lower top wishbone uh, inboard forward leg mount, I think that's what it's called, that's been moved a little bit. Uh, The angle of it's been moved also, um, and it's uh, the the purpose of that, from what I understand, that should generate more what they call anti-lift from the rear suspension geometry. And what that does, ultimately, is gives much better control under braking. You remember, uh, I mentioned this earlier in this episode, that McLaren had a huge problem controlling its car, under braking and it really made it difficult to really get that natural feel and extract that performance and give its drivers that confidence they need to really go hard on the brakes and carry that speed into the corner and maintain that stability that the aero platform is trying to give it. This should really help with that a lot. And if McLaren have really got on top of that in the same way that Red Bull have, for example, that will really help them to optimize the aero package that they have. So we'll have to keep an eye out for how that works. So a lot of work has been done on the suspension. As I said, it may not look like a lot, but I guarantee it probably, if it's done correctly, and I certainly hope that McLaren have done this, that it will absolutely create a lot more performance in this car and allow it to extract a lot more of the performance that it's currently holding on to. In terms of the rear of the car, where the diffuser would be in the rear wing, we didn't get really much to look at with McLaren. There, there weren't any pictures I could see of the rear part of the car or the diffuser, So there's not really much that we can look at, unfortunately. Again, that's probably that's probably um, uh, what's the right word? That's probably intended by McLaren to make sure that um, you know their rivals can't see what they've been up to. I'm sure we'll be able to see more going forward. So. Those are the changes that I could see on the McLaren so far. I'm sure there's probably a few more that I've missed. But as I said already, the the winter break seems to be devoted in terms of what McLaren have spent their time on. They seem to have devoted it to being able to get more control over the aero platform that it has with an improved suspension system. They look pretty happy with the aero platform that they would have had going into 2024. And if this suspension system allows them more control over that and allows them to extract more performance out of it, and that's obviously going to be good news for them. Now, there is a, an urge of caution that I do want to stress here because we talked McLaren up throughout the winter break. There was a lot of hope for them with their new technical structure in place with the likes of Peter Pedromu, um, Rob, Rob Marshall and David Sanchez coming into the team and Andrea Stella's obviously building that all together, coupled with the new simulator and wind tunnel, which is now online and has been since last summer. McLaren are in a very strong position to really start to assert themselves amongst the big teams in Formula One and really rejoin that group that they once a part of in the late 90s and early noughties and of course going up to 2010 or 2012 if you like. This looks like a team that is very much on the cusp of being able to get back to that position again. However, It was quite interesting to hear from Andrea Stella and I want to pick out one particular quote that he said on the MCL38 and he said, there are a number of innovations on the car but not all the areas that we wanted to address have been completed for our launch spec car. Those areas are now becoming the focus of our in-season development. Now I read that and the first thing that comes to my head is questioning have McLaren not hit their targets once again, like they did in 2023. Because we all remember what happened there. James Key, the technical director at the time, now with stake. He wasn't even at the launch. He had been, you know, removed from the team. They obviously wanted to, you know, move him on. Andrea Stella had come out after replacing Andrea Seidel, who had moved on to what is effectively going to be Audi in the future. And Stella basically came out and said that McLaren had, decided to change its focus on the concept and focus on something a bit more Red Bull-like. And obviously that that put them on the back foot towards the early part of last season. Now, I'm not suggesting here that McLaren are in a similar position once again, where they are potentially on the back foot at the start of the season. I'm kind of more inclined to thinking that McLaren are in a strong position... And they've obviously had more performance that they couldn't get out of this car that hopefully they'll be able to do so now by improving the suspension, which again, seems to be a huge component in terms of producing performance and consistency in this new regulation set. But it will be interesting to see where they start off. Perhaps we're McLaren in a position right now where they wanted to get that control with their car. And once they have that and have some data from the first few races on how this new car performs to vindicate their hopes and their targets that they have actually achieved what they wanted to do. Then of course the aero developments that they have proposed and in the works at this point in time to put on the car throughout the season, they'll be able to put those on and that should give the extra performance that it needs to really stake a serious challenge to not only the other competitors in that lead group, the likes of Ferrari, Mercedes, maybe Aston Martin depending on the jump that they've made over the winter, but also Red Bull too. So overall, I think this is a good step forward for McLaren. Zach Brown, the CEO, is very, very optimistic over McLaren's chances, but he did stress caution over, you know, McLaren not being aware of what their rivals had done. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. What have their rivals done? You know, have Ferrari taken a huge step forward? Have Mercedes taken a huge step forward? What have Aston Martin done? What are Red Bull going to do? Of course, we'll talk about that when that episode comes around on Friday. So we'll have to wait and see it's a good start here, but hopefully for McLaren's sake, that they're not going to be on the back foot. Based on what we've heard from them, I don't expect them to be Red Bull's biggest challenge at this point. I think we're more likely to see that come from Ferrari and Mercedes, but McLaren could be in a position where within a few races, all of a sudden they could be right up there again, challenging potentially for race wins and podiums on a regular basis. I suppose what McLaren will be hoping to do is optimizing their results in the first few races so they're not dropping critical points where, you know, reliability is obviously going to play a factor in the first few races and those could be missed opportunities for McLaren as we saw last season which ultimately would prevent it from finishing much higher up in the Constructors' Championship than it probably would feel that it can do. But I think that's all we've got time for, guys. I'm not going to focus too much on the drivers and other ambitions and stuff like that that we do with the other teams because we kind of talked about that a lot. When McLaren did their livery launch episode. So, if you want to find out more about that, it's on your favorite podcasting platform. Just go back to, I think it was the 19th of January, where that episode came out. So, go back to that, and we talked about that in a bit more detail. In the next episode, of course, as promised, I'm going to be talking about the Mercedes W15 and very, very interesting looking car, this one is. And that one is also out on the same day as this one. So, if you're listening to this one, The Mercedes episode should be there for you as well. So a nice little bonus episode, two in a day. I've really been burning the candle at both ends on this one. So I hope that you're able to check that one out as well. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to follow the pod on your favourite podcasting platform. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out a lot. And uh, well, all I can say is thank you for your continued support on the show. Until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode, whether that be the Mercedes one or the Red Bull episode, which is the one that we'll be talking about, the RB20, which we'll talk about on Friday as it breaks cover on Thursday morning. A lot of dates in your diary there, but we're almost at the end of launch season. But until then, guys, as always, thanks for tuning in. Please stay safe and we will see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And remember, as always, if you're not first, you're probably DNF1. Take care. Podcast Network.